Season 1, Episode 12 of the Grave Consequences Podcast. I am Caleb B, and that is where you can follow me on Twitter. Please follow the show at GC underscore cast. Follow uh, Social Suplex at Social Suplex. And as always, please check out my other work, uh, Eddie and Caleb's Hero Cast. We drop episodes every Wednesday. We need to get those listens up. We need to get those listens up. Uh, in fact, I believe this Wednesday we have, I don't want to botch it. Um, what? Oh, what? Tank Girl. Tank Girl is going to come out. So that, that was a fun little review that we had there. Uh, but today, uh, this order of business on November 7, just for posterity, is Season 1, Episode 12 of Lucha Underground. The episode is titled They Call Him Cage. So I have a suspicion this episode is going to be centered around Mil Muertes for some reason. Greg, (laughs) that is a good guess. Uh, Greg, how are you today, sir? Pretty good. Um, Just enjoying my Saturday. We're recording a day late because uh, I took a while to watch the episode. But yeah, I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. It actually worked out because yesterday, like health-wise, I wasn't in a good spot. Um, I hadn't been taking my CBD, so you know, sometimes my acid reflux when it goes untreated, I can get a little spotty at times. So I'm glad oh. things worked out as they did. I'm having that too. Really? Yeah, it runs in my. Fa- I uh, was fasting for 24 hours to try to get rid of it because everything I ate was just killing me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been in pain like for like the last four days, so that's that's crazy that we both had it. Man, it's like we're kindred spirits or something. <laughs> it's probably the election getting to us. Yep, yep. Uh, that's over until it's not. So, awesome. Uh, <laughs> let's get into this episode, man. So, the very first thing we get, we get Dario Cueto talking to Cage. And he says, you know what, man? You didn't just take the bull by the horns. You took the bull by the huevos. You know, and you said... You didn't want to wait on a title shot, and you're not going to have to because you're getting a title shot tonight. Now, what did you think of this face-off of Dario Cueto and Cage? Um, it it did it did its purpose, or it served its purpose. You know, it, it mm-hmm. Cage is getting his title shot. He's you know the new new bully in town, so he's pushing things around, and Dario likes that, so he's giving him his title opportunity. I mean, this is the didn't didn't. Uh, Prince Puma fight Phoenix last episode for defending his title? Uh, was it last step? Yeah, it was last episode. This is going to be like the second night in a row that he's had to defend his title. So it's not too fair for Puma, uh, mm-hmm. especially since he got attacked by Cage last week. But, I mean, Dario's the boss, I guess. Yeah. And there's just something about Puma that, that Cueto doesn't like. Probably his association with Conan, I would assume. Um. So, first thing we see, we see some preamble, and I noticed during the preamble, Vampiro standing up and like pumping up the crowd, NFL linebacker style. I didn't see that. Yeah, just you know, doing the old arm flailing, you know, up, up motion. And uh, boy, oh boy, was this a treat! The very first match of the show, Mil Muertes versus Phoenix. Food that is the reason this show even exists, man. Um. I noticed that this match was a lot of Phoenix taking like everything Mill had to offer and still kicking out. Still kicking out, but uh, he, he got a few high spots on Mill in the corner, and then Mill kills mm. him with that right hand. Yeah. That was an awesome spot because just you can do all the fancy moves you want, but you get slugged with a right hand like that. And 
I mean, he's lucky he got up, but that that was yeah. that was awesome. I did. Uh, I like the finish. The finish too. So basically, Neil kind of beat himself because Neil landed a superplex, and then like as they were coming, like right after they came down, Phoenix actually repositioned himself to hook the leg. So in a way, Neil Muertes beat himself. Yeah, when Mill landed, his feet were the momentum carried his feet over just enough that Phoenix was able to pop his hips up and and grab Mill's uh, feet with his own legs and rolled the sho- shoulders over almost like a small package and got the yeah. end. So it was he stole it, but it wasn't a lame steal like where someone just rolls over on top of the other guy. <laughs> it was yeah, it was a capture pin. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. I agree. I noticed uh, throughout the show that I didn't notice that Matt Stryker nor Vampiro really stuck out in this episode. And that's to me, that's good. That is progress from what we have heard so far this season. That was actually one of my few notes that I think this episode is where it, it, before they were getting like they had their training wheels on they were, they were getting their feet wet. They were trying to establish themselves. And this is the first episode, I think, where it really feels like where which underground is uh, established where it feels like they know what they're doing. They know where they're going to go. And even the commentary, like, like you just said, commentary was good. There was no, nothing that, that, you know, was cringy. The, it it was much better. It was like a a whole new show almost as far as commentary goes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the next thing, and we really usually don't talk much about these vignettes, but this might be different. We had this cage vignette of him basically in this like five on one street fight, and he's just beating the crap out of everyone. Like, I loved the action that was in this. I thought it was the best vignette of the season so far. I, Lucha Underground, and I've said this before, their vignettes, like they do fight choreography. Mm-hmm. And it's something that other promotions, like, especially, like I said, since COVID, I don't know why they take advantage of it, especially big ones like WWE. I give mm-hmm. them an extra W, but uh, <laughs> you you can't always just wrestle in the background and have it look good. Sometimes yeah. it's got to look like a fight, and this was a street fight. Like there was bottles being broken, people were getting just thrown over into a truck. Yeah, uh, and it looks awesome. It, it's a good way to get someone over without having to put them in a match. Yeah. Now, was it a cinder block or was it a bottle that someone broke over Cage's head and he no-sold? It was a bottle. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say the cinder block would be insane, but that'll come into things later. Um, Yeah. Yeah, this was just awesome, dude. Awesome. What was not so awesome, they did, yeah. What was not so awesome was this next match, in my opinion. We had the crew of Bale, Mr. Cisco, uh, that is Mr. Cisco. And Cortez Castro against Arhenis, Error, and Super, Super, Superfly. Uh, not much, not much to report about this match, man. Um, the crew basically dominated. There were a few hope spots, including Arhenis kicking uh, Cisco in the brown eye. So that's the second time he's done that on the show. I there, yeah, there was a few spots I liked. I think this was a good match for the crew. Uh, mm-hmm. They did, they did a pretty awesome like. Uh, they all took turns doing basement drop kicks to someone in the cor- in the corner. I forget yep. who it was. Um, and uh, Aerostar, I c- I keep forgetting how awesome he was. He did he does the splashes that I like, where you kind of like Ray Mysterio does, where you actually land on them with your body. Like he just goes flat. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he also did uh, 
I, I forget who got on the crew got up to the turnbuckle. He was going to dive onto people on the outside. Well, Aerostar jumped on the ropes and Hurricane Rana did a, give him a Hurricane Rana that threw him into the people down yeah. on the ground, which was awesome. That stuck out. That, that, that was insane. But yeah, not a lot to report about that match, though, man. The crew won. Of course they did. They're on a hot streak right now. They just dumped uh, Big Rick. Is his name? There we go. I had his name there for a second. The guy. You know what strong? I didn't like? You know what I really didn't like? What? The Prince Puma and Vampiro interview. You know what? Uh, I thought that I didn't like it. It. I mean, it was just Conan speaking for Puma the whole time, and then mm-hmm. and then it turned into uh, Vampiro trying to start a like a storyline beef with Conan. Yeah. And uh, you know. Why? <laughs> yeah. No, it's... Oh, man. Yeah. Why? You guys are like... Conan came here, came in here with a cane. I don't want to see y'all beef. Yeah, it's supposed to be about Puma. Like, you could tell the storyline that Conan is maybe using Puma. Which uh, he taking, is. Yeah, taking advantage of him. But then don't make mm-hmm. a Vampiro against Conan. Make it Puma against yeah. Conan. I. I don't know. Vampiro, I think, is just someone that's obsessed with themselves, maybe. He is. Yeah, Vampiro. As far as I'm concerned, you know, some people might say, um, might say Milmore, Thaz, or in later seasons, there's someone they definitely might say. But, well, there's a few prospects later on in the season they might say is like the biggest heel of the show. As far as I'm concerned, so far, the biggest heel of the show is Vampiro. I can, yeah. Like, he is the closest we have to like early days TNA Jeff Jarrett right now. And he doesn't even wrestle. You know what? You're right. He's almost like a Vince McMahon if he didn't run the company. Yeah. To try to be making everything about himself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just can't wait until someone kidnaps Vampiro's daughter on the show. Um <laughs> next up, Brian can or what I call him Brian. He's not Brian. Cage versus Prince Puma for the Lucha Underground Championship. This was a lot of, to me, I didn't take a lot of notes on the the match itself. I mean, the match was impressive. You know, it's it's Cage and it's Ricochet, and they're going to beat the crap out of each other, and they're going to be really impressive while they do it. But uh, I noticed, like, Cage, he got to a point where, like, it seemed like he couldn't put him down. So he just got frustrated. And he's like, screw this. I'm going to attack Marty Elias. I don't give a crap. Yeah, he pushed him into the ropes that made... Because Puma went to the top, so he pushed the ref yeah. into the ropes that made Puma drop. And that was one thing. But then the ref yeah. was, like, you know, getting in his face, and he's, he just got frustrated and kicked Puma in, in the balls. And it was... Yeah. You know, he didn't lose, per se, to Puma, but he did get frustrated that he couldn't put him away. Because uh, yeah. ego got in the way. He um, he definitely didn't get the winner's purse, that's for sure. Um I noticed that Cage hit. I think he calls. He goes on to call it Weapon X. Yeah. He hit Weapon X right on the Aztec seal. That was a nice touch for sure. I love. I love that they keep doing finishes on the seal. Yeah, they edited it a little bit. I think Puma fell too far down at the oh, door. Yeah. yeah, and then he finished it, but because uh, he gets yeah. him in in that. Um, do you know what that move is called when you get him on the back? <sighs> Sorry, no. Is it a gory bomb or something? Yeah, there we go. He does that, but he flips them around, and then while he's still holding them in the air, he does the, uh, which is basically a Sister Abigail or a, uh, 
Blade Runner onto the yeah. ground. Uh, it's a cool move, and it's a good finish. It's but that was it. I mean, he, I think Conan got in there and and he beat up Conan and Conan bladed, and uh, it was it was it was a great episode. But uh, you know, nothing super significant oh. happens yet. Oh, what nothing super significant? You're gonna you're gonna walk right past the thing that I referred to happening in Cage's debut. But I was mistaken by a week, it turns out. Uh, Cage literally tore the belt in half. You're right. Yeah, that was cool. That was insane, bro. Then he spits on the belt. Then he spits on Conan. Conan is a bloody heap. And Cage is just like Puma's down. It's trouble in the temple, man. It's trouble in the temple. And I like the nice touch because we go to a cinematic after this of Cueto in his office who's like pulling down a blinder <laughs> down a blind as it were. So he can see what's going on. And then all of a sudden unknown angry Asian lady comes in. He should know her. Cause he hired her. She was in his staff last week. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if her name might've been Savannah. Um, <laughs> that being said, that's a joke. I'll explain off the air. Um, that being said, she's looking for a man and, and Quito says, well, you know who, like, give me a, give me a name, give me a word, give me something. And she says, I have one word for you, Matanza. And Quito's eyes don't give anything away, but I feel like he is, because he says, I, I, that word doesn't mean anything to me. I, I don't know who you're talking about, but I feel like Quito is hiding something. Yeah, I think he knows. <laughs> Call yeah. it a hunch. Yeah, well, I mean, give away spoilers on this show for maybe the one person listening who is watching this with us for the first time. But yeah, um, <laughs> man, this was a quick episode. So before we go to the ratings, I want to ask you, uh, so far, just just taking these first 12 episodes into consideration, who is your favorite character on the show so far? Probably Puma. Really? Yeah, I was going to say Mariachi El Loco, but he's not in there enough. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I like Puma. Like, he's he's a good white meat baby face, but, like, eh, that only goes so far for me. And, I mean, my favorite character, I mean, everyone loves to hate him. He's such a dick. And he's the proprietor of the promotion. It's Dario Cueto, man. It's El Jefe. It's got to be. Mm. I can mm. see that. I mean, there's so many like, like Mil Mortes is a good answer. Phoenix. Yeah. At 12 episodes, Pentagon's not there yet. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people I that will later become my favorites have not shown up yet. Yeah. And to me, like Phoenix is honestly at this point, a better white meat baby than Ricochet. You know what? I think you're right about that. Like uh, they chose Puma, mm -hmm. but I mean, the podcast is named after a match Phoenix is in. <laughs> yeah. I will put it this way. Like, and now granted, I didn't really watch much ECW. I was too young. Uh, but I get strong, like, ECW Tommy Dreamer vibes off of Phoenix so far. Um, I don't know about Tommy Dreamer, but I, I watched a lot of ECW. Because uh, they mm -hmm. had the DVDs that came out after a while. And I, I went back I, and I watched I, them. I, when I say Tommy Dreamer, like... I am not taking anything into consideration other than the way the character is portrayed. Then, yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. 
Because no, like Tommy Dreamer isn't going to do a quarter of the stuff that Ray Phoenix is capable of. Yeah, I was going to say like a a Sabu might be closer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I can agree with that. Oh, uh, before we, because this is kind of a quick episode. So let me ask you this. Yeah. How comparable is Brian Cage to Scott Steiner? Oh my god. Uh Brian Cage is like God, he's like a better version of Scott Steiner in that he is much more and Scott Steiner was an athletic guy. There's a reason the move is called the Frankensteiner. Uh that being said, it, like Brian Cage is just so capable. Like, has he done a six one nine yet, or is that gonna come later? He did a moonsault. Yeah, like Cage um, is a athlete, an athlete above athletes. Like he shouldn't be able to do the things that he is capable of, given his size. Yeah, it's like he he has the size that Scott Steiner eventually got to without mm-hmm. the without the freakish muscles. Yeah, but he's also able to do the agile things that agile Scott Steiner could do in his prime. So he's kind of like yeah. the best parts with no insanity yet. Exactly. Yeah, not so far. If he can do a math promo, yeah, he's gonna be my favorite. You just well, you see, he did an interview with uh, it was uh, Chris Van Vliet. He did an interview with him, and Chris Van Vliet had him do a uh, Steiner math promo centered nice. around Lucha Underground, and it was really good. It was really funny, man. He's a he's a good package. I, I think eventually, like he, uh, most wrestlers, will get an injury or they'll just get wear and tear. And he's going to have to know when he can't do those moves anymore. Yeah. So yeah. he doesn't hurt himself. Because he is so big that, you know, you don't want him doing like a Brock Lesnar where Brock Lesnar almost killed himself. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got to know when you, you're not able to do that. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that when Scott Steiner came back to WWE in 2002, like he was mostly just throwing suplexes the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, uh, he, he, he did a, I think he did a Frankensteiner in TNA. Yeah, well, he did like an elevated Frankensteiner, like from the top rope. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, don't get me wrong. For but... his body, his body's so broken and, and <laughs> he can barely yeah. move. I think his leg doesn't work, right? Because that ankle injury. I think so. Yeah. He's basically like Zach Gowan almost. And so him okay. doing like, yeah. So him doing a Frankensteiner is, you know impressive oh man scott steiner what a guy scott steiner's a guy i'm glad he was in the nwa when he was last year he was yeah he did a couple of spots for um like on behalf of nick aldis as uh what the hell was nick aldis a stable called i don't even remember because that's kind of when i strictly business strictly business that's what it was called ah oh wait that's ricky risk business never mind i never understood their turn on tim storm to be honest like they just kind of did it to be dicks oh um yeah i don't know i think uh nick aldis just kind of got tired of seeing tim storm around and wanted to retire him i'm sure i don't know it was a weird story man i i haven't been watching the uwn shows but i need to i oh man because i've i've heard I have heard, I don't know if it's true, but I have heard that Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa's match for the title was really good. I can see that. I mean, Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb are really good. Yeah. Uh, Serena Deeb had a good match on 
AEW with um, I forget that girl's name, but she was in Stardom. Uh, oh my god, I can't remember it right now. James is gonna kill me if he listens to the show. <laughs> uh, well, he I had to ask him earlier so he wouldn't kill yeah. us. Uh, Layla so get, Hirsch is that her yes. name? Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, there we it was go. a good match. My good wrestling. Was, yeah. Oh yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm told. Um, it was good. Oh, did you watch the um the the NXT match with Walter and uh, Dragunov? No, I need to. I need to so bad. I know Dude, I said that last week, but I need to. It's one of the most brutal matches I've seen in a while. It made headlines for being one of the more brutal matches. <laughs> you got to see it. I believe you. I believe you. So how about a 1 to 10 rating on this last episode of Lucha Underground? Where would you land? Why don't you go first? Because I'm not sure how I feel. Okay. Well, I mean, this moved the plot along, but and and the matches were good, but it just, I don't know, something was missing. It's like maybe that there was no Johnny Mundo, or maybe that like there was very little Dario, or unknown angry asian lady maybe we need to more hear more from her um all that being said i mean i'm gonna go honestly because the action was good the action was very good i'm gonna go seven and a half i'm good with that oh thank thank you i'm glad you approved my rating yeah i would have edited it out if you didn't if i didn't (laughs) it's like well caleb actually said it was an eight (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's great that's great so, folks, I think that's time we're going to get out of here. We've we've had you for about 20-some-odd eh, minutes now. Uh, you know, nice, short, sweet little show. That's what we do around here. We don't want to keep you all too long. We're not going to keep you for, for three hours like Josh and Jeremy would. And that's why oh, we damn. are the... <laughs> but that is why we are the true ace of podcasts. And don't forget it. Folks, we are not alone here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. There are plenty of other great shows on here. None as great as ours, of course. But we have on this lineup a bivy of great shows, including 8-Bit Suplex, Suplex, hosted by Sandy Gaviria and Josh McLaughlin, even though he hates me for some reason. We also have All Things Elite, hosted by Austin S. and my boy, my fellow Oki, Floyd Johnson Jr., Again, that's all things elite. That covers AEW, and it does it in a damn good way. We got Get in the Ring, DJ Cooks, great host. Also, he hosts a show called The Great Match Generator. And I believe uh, once or twice you've been on that show, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Greg? I was on the first one. We've also got Grown Men Watch This Shit. Again, that's James Vanderbeek and Chris Bryant. Two great guys, in my opinion. Another show, uh, New Japan-centric, Keeping It Strong Style, hosted by... Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh Smith, a couple of great guys in my opinion. Lo- loads of great people on this network. If you if you notice the theme, also of course we got the OGs of Social Suplex. We got One Nation Radio hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd every Sunday on the network. We've also got the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Last but not least, I love those guys. They're my homies from Scotland. Ricky, you are one handsome devil, and you guys put on a great podcast. And always remember to listen to the Grave Consequences podcast, or there will be grave consequences.